right, well, welcome to Liquid, everybody. Hey, make some noise if you're ready to experience the Holy Spirit in a deeper way over the next 40 days. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim. Glad you're here for our churchwide small group series. We're calling it Wind and Fire, Encountering the Holy Spirit. And I want to give a special welcome to all seven of our campuses, those joining us live online. Um, if you're new to Liquid, we're one church. We meet in multiple locations. And we're pretty excited for this five-week study that our church is going to experience together in the days leading up to Easter. Uh, we're in the Lent season, and so for the next 40 days, we're going to be learning about and encountering the Holy Spirit, who I think is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. You know, if you're new to Christianity, the Trinity simply means that the Christian God exists in three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The problem is this, I find that a lot of us can, they don't have a problem like picturing God the Father, right? We all had a father for better or worse. We typically can picture God the Son because we see him in the person of Jesus. But I think a lot of people think of the Holy Spirit as like, you know, maybe the punchline to a prayer growing up, you know? It's like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit kind of thing. Or, or this vague kind of impersonal force like in Star Wars, you know? Use the force, Luke, you know, kind of, that's the Spirit. Uh, I remember my grandma, she was kind of old school and she would call him the Holy Ghost, right? You know that? Sort of spooky, a little scary, mysterious. Truth is, some of us aren't comfortable with the Holy Spirit because, I'll just be honest, I think a lot of us worry he's going to turn us into a weirdo, right? Like we all know people who, who say or they do strange things like, oh, the Spirit made me say that. And, they, you know, they start laughing, ha, ha, or they're rolling on, on the ground. It's just weird, you know, or like overly emotional. And so we worry, well, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, will he turn me into a weirdo, okay? So let's just relax. Everybody take a deep breath. Go ahead. <sighs> relax. This series is about clearing up the confusion. What we're going to do is set the record straight about what the Bible says, because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, so there's testimony about himself. Who is the Holy Spirit and who he's not? And this is really so that you can be more open to the Spirit's operation in your everyday life, because the truth is the Holy Spirit is not some, like, fuzzy force out there. He's a person to love and hear. He's actually not a what, but a who, not an it, but a he. And he, the Holy Spirit, wants to pour the power of Jesus out in your everyday life so that you can live a naturally supernatural life that is uniquely you. Because following the Holy Spirit really is an adventure. Did you know this? That the Holy Spirit actually has supernatural gifts for you to unwrap. Things like speaking in tongues, gifts of healing and prophecy, words of wisdom. And we're going to get all of those in the weeks to come. But this is what our whole church is going to be pursuing for the next 40 days of Lent. Everyone say Lent. Lent. This past Wednesday marked the start of Lent. It's the six weeks in the uh, Christian calendar that lead up to Easter. And traditionally, Lent is 40 days long. Anyone know why 40? Represents the 40 days Jesus spent in the desert being filled by the Holy Spirit before he began his public ministry. So Jesus actually, he fasted. Jesus prayed. He drew close to his father by denying his flesh. But it was in the desert that he actually defeated the devil and he resisted temptation. And so Lent is this season for Christians all over the world to find fresh strength from the Holy Spirit, the way your Savior did. Now, this year, Lent started on Wednesday, February 26th. It ends on Thursday, April 9th, just in time for Easter weekend, okay? So we're going to have our Easter weekend service. It's going to be a great culmination but let me encourage you, because I think it's like a perfect season to really press in and draw close to Jesus if you've been feeling distant. And I think encounter the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Maybe you're like, man, I haven't felt the Holy Spirit's fire in a long time like that, that kind of passion, Tim, that kind of intimacy with God you're talking about. And so I want to encourage you to do that in community. 
because today is Group Sunday, and so I'm going to introduce our series, which is based on the book of Acts, but I'm going to challenge you today to take a step deeper in your faith and join a small group if you're not in one. Uh, if you're new to our church, we don't just worship on the weekend, okay? That's like people do churchianity. We do Christianity. And so during the week, we actually meet in small groups in people's homes and apartments and coffee shops all over New Jersey. Small groups, it's just simple. It's 10 to 12 men and women, typically in your age or stage of life. They meet on a Wednesday night or a, a Thursday morning for Bible study, prayer, fellowship. We've got small groups at every campus starting today in your zip code. So you're going to have a chance to join one at the end of today's service, whether you're a young mom with kids or college age, whatever it is. And I've got exciting news today at every campus we are releasing our brand new group study guide based on wind and fire. Everybody ooh and ah. Ooh. Oh, this, this is hot. It is gorgeous. I'm going to encourage you to get a guide on your way out. This literally arrived from the publisher this week. It's hot off the press. It's a beautiful Bible study. It has all these uh, links to videos and verses, study and application questions, as well as room for notes and quotes, and I think you're really going to enjoy it, stunning photography. And this is the Bible study guide that all liquid small groups will be going through for the next 40 days. And if you're like, I'm in a road group, we ain't doing that. Well, you're missing out, sucker. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I was, tell I was a spirit prompted. It's on my nose. Now, I think they're selling these for five bucks in the lobby today, so you can pick one up after the service. But you can look at the table of contents. That we're going to talk about the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? How do you live a supernatural life and more? You're going to love it. So get a guide, join a group, and you'll be good to go. You'll be ready to be filled with fresh wind and fresh fire. All right, you ready to jump into this thing? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, let me tell you where we got our title for this series from. It's actually inspired by the book of Acts, okay? The New Testament starts with four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four biographies of Jesus. But the fifth book is called the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, and it describes the actions of the Holy Spirit after Jesus returned to heaven. I'm reading through Acts right now in my personal devotions, just kind of reading a chapter a day. That's what I do. And it's pretty wild, okay? I'll just say, but in one small group where, where believers get together to pray, the whole place like is shaken. It's like an earthquake, or I call it a church quake. And these, <laughs> these people are like supernaturally filled with the Holy Spirit. They go out and they boldly preach about Jesus to their neighbors, their friends. They turn their whole community upside down. Now, we're going to look into these passages. But before we get to that, I want to start at the very beginning here in Acts chapter 1. And you can follow along. We have these, by the way, on, your, uh, on our mobile app if you have that room for notes and all that stuff. It says this. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with the apostles, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but let's read this together. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't know this, um, but after Jesus was crucified on the cross, raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he actually didn't go directly to heaven. Did you know that? He spent 40 days with his disciples teaching them. And on one occasion, over lunch, he said, hey, I'm about to return to my Father in heaven, but I'm gonna give you a gift. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. It is my Spirit who will give you the strength and power to actually grow and mature and become more like me. Now, this sounds good, but I'll just be honest. When Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to the 12 disciples, they didn't like the idea at first, actually. 
because it meant losing Jesus. I want you to think about this. For three years, they'd walked alongside God in the flesh. When they looked in the face of Jesus, they're looking at the Son of God face to face. And so the thought of losing Jesus was, was awful. It was very painful. But Jesus told them this in John 16. Listen to this. No, no, no. It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the comforter or counselor, the words paraclete there means comforter or counselor, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. In other words, this was all part of your father's plan from the very beginning. If Jesus stayed on earth, think about that, he'd be limited by time and space, right? As a, as a, as a human, he would be in one place at one time, which would limit the spread of the gospel. But Jesus said, if I leave, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live inside every single follower of Christ on the face of the planet, which is going to be better for you and my global church. Because now Jesus says, I can be anywhere my people are. In New Jersey, in Japan, in Korea, in Egypt, in Africa, wherever Christ followers are, I am right there with them, in them. So understand, sending the Holy Spirit to live inside believers, it was part of God's plan from the very beginning. I mean, even right now, the Holy Spirit is present wherever God's people are gathered on this earth right now, all across the world, amen? He's in this room right now as I speak, amen? amen. This is how Jesus' church began 2,000 years ago. And guys, this is where our future is going. It's going with wind. It's going with fire. Here's where it comes. Acts chapter 2. Let's read it out loud. Here we go. Ready? This big, loud voice. First four verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, let me tell you what Pentecost was. It's just a Jewish holiday, kind of like our Thanksgiving. Jews would come together for a feast in Jerusalem because they're like, thank you, God, for our harvest. And penta, penta means 50. So this took place 50 days after Passover. It's about 10 days after Jesus returned to heaven. Scripture says, when that day of Pentecost came, they were what? All together in one place. In other words, the early Christians came together in a small group. You get that? Just like you're going to be in a small group over the next five weeks. There's something when God's people gather and wait on the Holy Spirit. God does something. He pays attention. Look at this. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a what? A violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now I want you to imagine you're meeting with your small group next week. And all of a sudden, ding dong, you know, at the front door. And you go to get the door. You're like, oh, okay, guys, we're going to do the next question. Like the door flies open. And you think it's dominoes. But it's actually this powerful wind that just whoosh goes through the whole house. And now the chips get knocked over. People spill their soda. Everything's a mess. And you're like, what's going on? And then all the lights go out. And fire falls on every person in your small group. And each of them starts praising God in their native language. That, that's what the original tongues were. Is she speaking Spanish? What the? He's speaking Italian. Que pasa? Mandarin. And, and somehow everybody understands their language. How, can you imagine if that was Wednesday night small group? Right? Thursday, it's like, anything good happened, bro? You should have been there, bro. <laughs> it's like, see, when the Holy Spirit comes with fresh power in a believer's life, it's not just an event. It's an encounter. There's wind and there's fire. They heard something, they saw something, and they received something. You want to know where this happened? I'll show you. In fact, those of you who are going to Israel 
you're going to walk into it. This is the upper room in Jerusalem, which we'll visit on our church trip in May to Israel. This is the traditional site where that fire fell for the first time 2,000 years ago on a bunch of ordinary believers as they huddled in a small group. Now, why were the early Christians huddling together in a small group? Answer, they were praying for the Holy Spirit to come. They wanted to cash in on this promise of Jesus in Luke 24. Jesus promised, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in this city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? What's the word, church? Power from heaven. You can do better than that. Everyone say power. Power. See, that's the big idea. The Holy Spirit is not a doctrine to believe. He gives fresh power to receive. And if you're willing to wait and seek God for 40 days, the Spirit may not come all at once. But when he does, he comes with wind and he comes with fire. He comes with power. He comes with passion. You understand? These two striking symbols tell us so much about who the Holy Spirit is. It says the Holy Spirit is like wind. In the Old Testament, the word for spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. Can you say that? Spit on your neighbor. Ruach. (laughs) It means wind or breath of God. The Greek word in the New Testament is pneuma. Same thing. It's blow, wind, breath. Now, how is the Holy Spirit like wind? Well, I think you guys get this. Wind is invisible. You can't see it, right? But you can see its impact. (laughs) You can hear it at times moving. It's like the wind rustling through the leaves of the tree. Listen to how Jesus described the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus. He's described it this way. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The ruach, the breath of God, blows wherever it wants on whoever it wants. So understand, you don't control the Spirit. The Spirit controls you. I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Or they avoid them. You know why? Because the truth is, most of us are control freaks. <laughs> we don't like things that we can't control, that we can't manage. That service is one hour and seven minutes. I don't have Holy Spirit. We don't have time. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is the invisible breath of God touching whoever and whatever he wants. Yeah. You know, Colleen and I were always inviting our friends, you know, to church and stuff. And I remember last year, she invited one of our friends for the first time and and uh, she's not a religious gal. She came on a Sunday. And uh, after service, calling asked she said, you know, so what do you think? And she said, well, honestly, I came because you asked me. Um, I didn't know what to expect. But she just goes, it was the weirdest thing. During that whole, like, singing part, I just started crying. And I don't even know the songs. <laughs> she goes, really? She goes, yes. She goes, I just suddenly felt this, like, I don't know this, like, presence around me and all of a sudden I'm getting all weepy and and she goes I'm so sorry I feel embarrassed and Kyle's like don't be embarrassed and she goes what was that he says well we would say that the Holy Spirit of God touched you that's Jesus touching you with his love you couldn't see him but you felt him didn't you and she said yeah she said then when your husband like was 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 speaking or preaching whatever that thing you call it during this one part I felt like he was talking directly to me like he read my email did you send him my email (laughs) she's like no but the holy spirit did because the wind blows wherever it pleases see the wind is a non-physical power with a tangible impact you can't see it but you can feel it sometimes it's gentle 
Sometimes it's violent. <laughs> Have you noticed how crazy the weather has gotten these past few years? A few months ago, my phone buzzed, middle of the day, and it said, uh, warning, tornado warning. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> this is New Jersey, not Texas, right? But 15 minutes later, a tornado touched down in our town, a micro-tornado with winds over 100 miles an hour. Now, it lasted about eight, nine minutes, the meteorologists say. But we walked around that next morning, man, the results were devastating. Trees just sheared off at the trunks. It literally looked like a giant hand from heaven came down, just knocked them over, snapped them like toothpicks. Acts 2 says the spirit came like the blowing of a violent wind. And I remember seeing those giant oak trees with all their, their roots ripped right out of the ground. Now that's a powerful wind, yeah? You can't see it, but you see the impact. How many of you know sometimes when the Spirit comes with fresh power in the life of a believer, he uproots some things? Addictions get uprooted. Bitterness gets uprooted. Deep patterns of pride and secret sin get ripped up by the roots. It's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes with fresh power. Let me share a cool email I got from someone in England. This is from a guy, um, Roger, in the UK. He listens to our, our Liquid Church podcast, and he wrote this. He said, Dear Tim, my name's Roger. I live in York, England. I'd like to say thank you for your sermons on porn in the Bible, which I just finished listening to. It's like a blindfold has been taken off because I've been hooked on porn since I was 14 years old. So interesting, right? I'm now 31. Married with three kids, and my marriage was wrecked because of it. I was so hooked, I watched porn every day on my phone if I couldn't get to the computer. In March last year, I had an affair with a girl at work, and my wife was crushed. I asked her forgiveness, but continued my habit. So on Tuesday, I went to download some erotic stories from iTunes and came across the Liquid Church podcast. Holy Spirit flows through pixels, baby, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Listen to this. I typed in sex, and up came your podcast about porn in the Bible. I downloaded and listened to it, and praise God, I have not looked at porn since. I feel like a new creation. I'm ready to finally be free. If I only heard God's truth sooner. Listen to what he says. I sacrificed my 16-year marriage and family on the altar of pornography. I'm now rebuilding and still battling, but your messages have helped me move in for the kill. Thank you, brother. Roger. Can we hear it for Roger? Praise God for you, man. Praise God for you. Roger in England went searching for porn, and he found Jesus Christ instead. The Holy Spirit travels through pixels. Only the Spirit can do that. You understand? He blows wherever he will, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's forgiveness. There's new life. If you're here right now, and you said, you know, Tim... How do I know I'm, I'm filled with the Spirit? I might ask you, well, has anything been uprooted in your life recently? Because when the Spirit blows, he knocks stuff over. You understand? God's Spirit blows in your life. It's like spring cleaning. The wind blows out all the dirt, all the dust, all the debris. The Spirit exposes sin. He rips it up by the roots. Anger uprooted, guilt uprooted, shame uprooted, lust, jealousy. What is your, what's your dysfunction? <laughs> I'm getting to yours. <laughs> and you receive a new power to live for Christ. You become more like Jesus. Listen to me carefully. You don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is ruach. 
It's the breath of God. He's wind and he's fire. Everyone say fire. fire. Verse 3 says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. If wind is about power, fire is about purity. Fire is used to heat things up. Metal workers put gold or silver in the fire and then all the dross comes to the top and it burns it off. And that's what the Spirit will do in your life. The Bible says he's a, a flame of furious love that, that convicts believers of sin. Jesus said in John 16, 8, when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness, that's goodness, God's goodness, and judgment. In other words, since God is holy, he's perfect, and we are not. The Spirit surfaces sin in our life, and we recognize our great need for the character of Christ. He, he convicts our conscience. He's the, he's the voice that says, hey, I'm so glad you brought your boyfriend to church today, but you need to stop sleeping together. I'm glad that you love singing Bethel songs, but I also heard that gossip you spread over the weekend. And you can't have praise and poison coming out of both sides of your mouth. It grieves God. Only the Spirit can show us our depravity and desperate need for the gospel. That there is a judgment to come, but here's the good news. Jesus, out of love, took your judgment on the cross. He suffered and died, and then he said, I can raise you to new life just like I was raised. I want to live my life through you. Guys, I'm just telling you, that's what a Christian is. It's somebody who's been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. You know, some Christians, I just find, are, are, are so stone cold to the Spirit. So are a lot of churches. No, there's no fire, it's just ash. I'm just saying, the only fire left is the smokers in the parking lot out back. There's, you've been in the, come on, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at our churches, but I find that in my own life I can get cold to the Spirit. Where there's no fire in the worship. There's no fire in the, the prayers. There's no fire in the praise. There's no fire in the pulpit. I might be, maybe I'm just going old school, but I, I read guys like Charles Spurgeon, this old school preacher. You know what he said? Put some fire in the sermon or put the sermon in the fire. Make some noise if you agree. We need the fire of God in this church. When you look at the church today with all the problems churches are facing, the splits, the scandals, the corruption, what the church needs in this hour are men and women set on fire by the Holy Spirit of God. We don't need better techniques. You don't need a slicker website or slicker songs on Sunday. The number one need in our culture of this hour is to be set aflame by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Make some noise. I'm preaching now. <laughs> Make some noise. If something in you says, God, you got to let the fire fall fresh on me. Because I'm praying the fire falls on me and on you. Over the next 40 days, I pray you get holy heartburn. Most churches are full of hot heads. We need hot hearts if we're going to win this world for Christ. I've been praying behind your back. I feel it. I'm praying God will make you like the disciples when they walked on the road to Emmaus with Jesus. They said, we're not our hearts burning within us. And Jesus spoke in a case of holy heartburn. Lent is a season where we ask the Holy Spirit to take out the garbage in our life. Say, take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Take out the anger. 
burn out the lust, burn out the pride. How many know, you know, I'm just telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to burn the hell out of you. So he can put heaven in your heart. Holiness is beautiful, guys. It means you're set apart by God. You're actually different than the world. So many Christians today, just we want to blend in with the world. How close can I walk, you know, mimic the culture? I'll just be honest, guys. I talked to so many. Well, you know, I'm free in Christ, so, you know, I, I can watch this. <laughs> I can listen to that. I can go there. I got all this list of things that I can do to blend in with the world. Listen, I'm not legalistic. I'm all for freedom. But can I just ask you, when was the last time you added something to your conviction list? You know, the Spirit spoke to me, and I'm not going to eat that garbage anymore. I'm not going to feed on that filth. I'm not going to fill my eyes with that flesh. I'm not going to sing along to the raunchy lyrics or laugh at the racist jokes. The Spirit set me free to obey Jesus Christ. Amen. I felt like God saying, Tim, I got to take out the garbage in this church. All the stuff in our drunk drawer before we can fill this place and use it for his glory. Amen. Lord, let your fire fall. Amen. Lord, let it fall on liquid during Lent. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God isn't punishing you. He wants to purify you. Let his spirit mold and break and refine you and shape you into what God destined you to be over the next 40 days. The spirit convicts, but he also comforts. That's why you don't have to be afraid. He's called the comforter. He comforts us when we're hurting or sad. John 14, Jesus said, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. What's it mean to comfort somebody? Right? If they're, they're sick or they're grieving, they're lonely or scared, what do you do? You come alongside, you put your arm around them, and you remind them, you're not alone. I love you, and I am with you, and I am for you. You know, this week I got a call from a, Mom who lost her 38-year-old son. And uh, we're just talking about his life and what a beautiful man he was. And uh, we're just talking with her. I just wept. And, and I said, how are you doing? And she said, well, Tim, she goes, we're heartbroken. But honestly, I, on the worst day of my life, I feel like God's spirit is just pouring out his peace over me. I feel this strength. And you know when you can talk to someone, you hear it in their voice? Like they're in the middle of this un overwhelming grief or loss, but you hear they're at peace. Can I just say, those of you going through grief, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. There's a reason Jesus calls him the comforter, because he not only convicts us of our sin, he comforts us in our sorrow. There's going to be some of you on this next 40 days, you're going to need some comfort. Maybe even right now, maybe today you came to church and, and, and you've recently lost something or someone you love. Maybe you lost a job or your health, a family member, a friend, or maybe you're worried about losing your marriage. Maybe you're here today, and you're like losing hope. The Holy Spirit is here today to help you. And if you will cry out, he will pour out God's love and a supernatural peace and joy in your life, even when you're going through the fire. Maybe you have a grudge with somebody. You just, you can't get past it. And you just keep replaying that conflict in your mind. And you're like, I can't forgive them. You're right. You can't in your strength. But the Spirit's fire can actually soften and melt your heart and give you a soft, tender spirit for difficult people in your life. 
Maybe your heart is hard towards your spouse or someone at work. The Spirit's fire can give you power to let them go. Guys, this 40-day encounter could be a brand new chapter in the story God's writing in your life. Like in 40 days, God can do miracles. He can heal a broken heart. He can restore your joy. He can fill you with hope and give you a fresh start in your life. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit comforts. And lastly, the Holy Spirit counsels. Everyone say counsels. He's called the counselor for a good reason. What's a counselor do? A, yeah, a, gives wisdom, right? A gifted counselor gives insight and speaks wisdom at these crossroads moments in life, right? Because life can get cloudy and very, very confusing. And there are these moments when you're not sure, like, which path do I take? Because we only see like the next step in front of us. But what does fire do? Fire gives light. It illuminates. And the Holy Spirit gives divine direction. He will be the voice of God guiding you, lighting up your path, saying, no, this is the way for you to walk in. So I'm just telling you in advance, because I know you, I'm, I'm your pastor. I just like, I get life. But this spring, some of you are going to face life-changing decisions, right? Who to marry? <laughs> Where to go to school? Should I get married? Should we start a family? Do we put our kid on medication or not? And let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to do a lot of reading. You're going to spend a lot of time on WebMD. You're going to talk to professionals. You're going to talk to experts. But guess what? At the end of the day, you will never know 100% that you are making the right choice. Do you take the promotion or do you change careers and a new position? Do we make the move to a new city or do we stay where we are and put down roots? It's at those crossroads moments in life when the road gets dark, the Holy Spirit will illuminate and guide you. He will reveal God's will and point the way, right or left. This is the way, walk in it. Jesus said, when the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? Say this together. Teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. When you face those moments of decision, do I go right or left? The Holy Spirit will say, this is the Lord's will. I'm going to confirm it through my word and through my people. And you have no idea, I'm just telling you, you have no idea right now how that can change your destiny. I remember my senior year in high school when I was deciding where to go to college. And I had a couple like um, scholarships to local universities. And so financially, it made sense to stay put in New Jersey. And I'd been praying about it. I was like, God, guide me to your choice of school. Um, and I'll never forget this. I distinctly remember waking up this one morning with this overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit saying, Tim, you need to go to Wheaton College. It's this private Christian school out in Chicago. And I'd visited there, but honestly, let's be honest, I wasn't thrilled about the idea of a Chicago winter. It's like, are you sure, Lord? I'm not so sure. <laughs> But I, I just had this overwhelming sense, and I went downstairs, and my parents were eating breakfast in the kitchen. And I said, hey, guys, I feel like God said I have to go to Wheaton College. And I remember my, parent, my father putting down his coffee because there was no financial aid at that time. And he looked at me and said, Tim, if the Spirit is speaking, you obey, and we will make this work. And I remember signing my commitment to go and actually second-guessing. Because then I found out I have to take all these courses in Bible and theology, and I was not interested. I remember being like, oh, this sucks. Bible and theology? What am I ever going to do with that? Yeah? I thank God that the Spirit spoke to an ignorant 18-year-old me, because I might have missed out on God's purpose for my whole life. So I'm just asking, 
What might the Holy Spirit reveal to you over the next 40 days? Who needs fresh wind? Who needs fresh fire? Because that's where we're going as a church during Lent. We want to encounter the Holy Spirit in a powerful way, uniquely you, like the early Christians did. So let me challenge you to do three things as I end today. First, join a small group. Don't miss out. I actually want to introduce the fire starters at your campus. So can you make some noise as the small group leaders come on down at every campus? These are the fire starters. Come on. They're coming down at every campus. These are believers like T who are on the front line. They love Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Jimmy's got a men's group on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Yeah, hold these signs up here. All ages and stages. Sundays at 3 o'clock. During the week, Monday at 7. And if you're new to our churches, you need to know this, Okay. We have groups for every age and stage of life. And so after I dismiss, I want you to go out to the lobby and meet these incredible people. These are holy arsonists, man. They're fire starters. I'm just telling you. And if you're new to our church or you've been coming for some time, guys, if you're new, this is how you get plugged in. This is how you make friends. This is how you experience spiritual community. We don't just worship on the weekend. This is how you dive deeper during the week with fellow Christians. Now, when you go out there, you're going to meet these guys and uh, just get a chance. Talk to them and say, hey, I'm available on Thursday, you know, after work. Is there anything in my area? And then pick up a guide. Make sure you get a guide. Okay, again, they're, I think they're five bucks. We don't make money. We just cover kind of the cost, cost of printing. In fact, I'm probably supposed to say this. If you don't have five bucks, just let us know. <laughs> like, if, seriously, if there's a hardship, we're like, we just want everyone to participate. So get a guide. It outlines the next five weeks and then bring it to your group. And so group leaders, I am going to send you out right now, but can we just put our hands forward to all the group leaders right now? Yeah, put them forward. Oh, I didn't ask you to clap. We're going to anoint them. <laughs> Come on, close your eyes. Holy Spirit, do something brand new in our groups. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Father, we ask for words of revelation, new gifts, and a spirit of openness, safety, because you are there. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand as they head on out. Thank you, guys. Grateful for you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. They're going to head out to the lobby, um, and they'll be out there to meet you in a few minutes when we, uh, we send you out. Now, I do want to let you know this. I know some of you are spiritually starving. That is, you come on Sunday, you eat at the buffet line, and then that's the only time you eat scripture during the week. And we said, you know what? If you want to keep the fire going, you've got to add wood to the fire. The word of God is wood. To the fire. And so we created 40 days of free daily devotionals, and you can sign up to receive them. They're free just right now. If you take out your phone and you actually text the words wind and fire to this number on the screen, every morning we will send you a brand new Holy Spirit devotional. Okay? They're actually written by Kimberly Coyle, did a beautiful job with it. But I think it's really important, guys. Again, during Lent, okay, I will just leave this on the screen. People can take pictures of it, it's in your notes too. The idea during Lent is you saturate yourself in Scripture. So take out the garbage, but put your word in me. All right? So you are saturating yourself in the morning with Scripture. You're meeting in community with your small group, and then they're worshiping together on weekends. Guys, I've been praying. I've just been asking God to fill our whole church with fresh wind, with fresh fire. I feel like it's time for spring cleaning. So let me ask you, make it personal. Where do you need the Spirit most right now in your life? Like, do you need fresh conviction and strength to put away old habits and live with purity. Maybe you need comfort and just a sense of God's peace and, and love during a difficult time. That's what small groups are also for. They come around you and minister the Spirit's love and support so you don't feel alone. Or maybe you need the Spirit's counsel. 
Maybe you're at a crossroads and you're like, Tim, I need that kind of divine guidance. I need a divine download from God. You got a providential choice to make in which direction. I don't know your exact circumstances. Here's what I know from Acts 2. Jesus loves to pour out his spirit on small groups who gather together and wait to receive it. The disciples were all together in one place when the spirit dropped boom on Pentecost and the spirit lit the flame and the church was never the same. Amen? Let's stand up and ask God and make sure our church doesn't stay the same. All our camp is on our feet. Let's do this, okay? After I close in prayer, you go out to group Sunday, join a group, grab a guide, or if you'd like prayer today, we always have our prayer teams. Maybe you need a fresh touch from God this morning or something spoke to you. Let's come alongside and pray for you. But let's do this. Let's open our hands. It's a posture of receiving. Bow our heads for prayer. Holy Spirit, come. We've already, you've already been speaking. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. We now invite you. Holy Spirit, come. Bring fresh wind in this place. Fresh fire in our hearts, God. I pray that we would never be the same because of the interior cleaning you're going to do. God, I'd start with me. God, I stand up here, but I say start with me. Whatever's in my heart that needs to be uprooted, do it, Jesus. I trust you. Burn away the impurity, Father God. Let us live only for your glory. And Lord, I pray against any spirit of fear that we would have. Holy Spirit, you are a gentleman. And when you touch people, we become more like Christ. More loving, more patient, more kind, more generous. Father God, let us not be afraid of the gifts of the Spirit, but we also ask, would you form the fruits of the Spirit in our life, our family, our marriages? We commit all of them to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen. amen. Let's give God a praise.